0: Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, I'm Ade, and this is Black Black Black. a podcast series that gives voice to positive black action, no matter how big or small. Right, um, and that's what I always do. I know a lot of people, like other podcasts you listen to, they get the host to actually introduce the guests and like, you know, try and give them a nice brief pithy biography. Right. But I'm always gonna do the guests a disservice. Right. So I just always just flip the mic and say, listen, <laughs> tell my <laughs> you yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> tell my listeners who don't have the pleasure yet of knowing who you are, who you are, you know, um, and we just sort of roll from there. We just have that conversation.
1: Uh, well, my name is i um originally from Ghana. Ah i uh, been here for years and years, um, but I'm a fashion designer um, amongst a plethora of other things that I do, try and juggle, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm self-employed, I'm an independent um, brand, well, I'm trying to become an independent brand. Yeah. out the brand. Gingham doll.
0: <laughs> how are we, spe- we spelling that? Because the greatest thing about audio is that, you know, people are on the move, on the go, right, so, so they can do multiple things. Yeah,
1: so that's G-I-N-G-H-A-M.
0: D O L L, Gingham yeah. Doll. So ginghamdoll.com. Mm, yes. Right, then we're going to talk yeah, about your website situation. God, I, need <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn to promote
1: myself there. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, what's your brand called? I was like, oh,
0: yeah, I've got a brand, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> and I think the greatest thing and why I want you on Black Ticulate, because as you know, Black Ticulate really is all about black stories, positive actions. But I speak to black millennials right. um, from African, African, Caribbean diasporans within the UK just doing great things. I use the term go-getters. Right. They're, I mean, to be honest with you, a lot of people are like, well, I don't know, what the hell does go-getters mean? And it really truly is someone who does multiple things just trying to make, not only ends meet, but, you know, thrive.
1: Yeah, thrive. And also, Excel. for me, it's, it's also a lot of enjoying what I do because, don't get me wrong, sometimes I, I have no days off because, like I explained to you earlier, I, I have three jobs mm. that Which I try job? and juggle. So, um, the one I do from Monday to Friday, I'm a dog walker and trainer amazing um with my best friend um it's his company and we're talking an average of 20 dogs a day
0: no way yeah
1: so from 9 a.m i get home about 2 p.m i'm
0: gonna have to get you back on so we can talk about how you become a dog trainer <laughs> oh my god Jesus. okay so I, I was him, thinking I, about fashion he, I, hey. I
1: play with all the cute dogs he does all the work so don't get it twisted <laughs> don't be calling me for no tips because i'd be like just pet it it's cool <laughs> um, but it's not as glamorous as it sounds There's a lot of you know dog crap that goes with it you know but um, literally yeah absolutely literally so that's what I do from Monday to Friday um till about 2 p.m. I come home and I also work for a company called BD Sport and they are they're not a betting company but we're like the middlemen so my job is to staff five stadiums in London football stadiums right um so I have a database of about 200 names of staff and I recruit and um, I just make sure I slot names and just make sure the stadium's always full. So it's, it's for home games, so whenever there's any home games. Is that
0: like stewards? When you say staff, what?
1: Well, kind kind of except my staff take bets in the stadium. Oh, so I see. So some of oh, the concourses, gambling, huh. right, so some of the concourses, as you'd probably notice if you go to the football stadium, if you go into the corporate areas, you get some with clipboards walking around, right. mingling with customers, cracking jokes. Um, but the bottom line is they're just there to get the customers to fill some betting coupons and yeah. it's that kind of thing. But it's it's a massive operation where you're trying to juggle all that and, you know, try and make sure the stadium's are staffed Because obviously it's no one's full-time job. Yeah, Everyone's doing Some people are lawyers. You'd be surprised. We've got all, we've got doctors, we've got lawyers, we've got people from uni doing it. We've got people that just need a bit of extra cash. Um, and it's, if you enjoy football, you know what, even if you don't enjoy football because... I I can't lie I don't support football yeah. I don't watch it. Really?
0: Um, no. And <laughs> you have got access like that? And you don't no, even watch it. I don't watch we it need really to be friends, no? Oh god, I'm
1: telling you. It's, how many people ask me? Oh, so who would you support? I'm like Beckham. Beckham? Like, yes. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I was like Beckham all the way. <laughs> they're like, oh god, you're so lost. But um, no, it's it's brilliant actually. I don't. I never realized that people spend. The amount of money they spend, and also three hours before the game even kicks off, it's mm. like the day started for a lot of people. Mm. They come, they they come to the bar, they they get like an la carte meal. It's like a whole
0: yeah, it's a day out.
1: It's a day out. It, it's incredible. Yeah. You, you know, if you've never been to a football stadium, but you know, beside point, that's just another thing I do. So that and the dog walking takes a lot of my time. Right. The fashion is my heart. It's what I would love to do full time basis if I didn't have to. Like everyone else, I'm not. I'm nothing special. Everyone else juggles loads of different things. If yeah. I didn't have to do that, fashion would be one thing that I would. I would love to just do. I do have a. I'm a bit kind of. Most people are like. Why don't you just go get investment? But, I think for myself, I'm not really good with asking for money. Okay. And I think it puts a lot of pressure on you when you go. Okay. Say I need. So this is
0: investment for your fashion for brand. For my
1: fashion, right? Okay, so, so that's so why I'm doing it slowly. Yeah, organically. It, I'm doing it organically. It is. It is. It is a very very slow process very very slow um, but if you've got the heart and if you enjoy what you're doing you know and every so often when you when you when you get feedback from customers or people who've seen the quality of your stuff it reminds you that okay you know what I'm doing that's something worthwhile. right okay. because yeah because as you can see I, I work in my studio by myself I don't get that interaction with people mm-hmm. um in fact the only job that I get interaction with people is the football right. when I'm in the stadiums because I work in the stadiums as well
0: as well okay so that's why we've got you on about for me anyway because yeah. i have been keeping a close eye i mean your dear friend so i'm like ah oh, she's actually now starting blowing up she's starting <laughs> to blow up i need to definitely get on black articulate <laughs> but i feel like um we almost gotta go back a little before That's we cool. go forward yep. and almost about the birth of it the fruition and why fashion you know um, so how do we begin this story of yours
1: Uh, how to begin? I mean, I think I've always been interested, it's quite funny, I'm not really interested in what I personally look like. Right, okay. Which is, I guess, it's really odd for most people. It's not like I don't care, but you know what, it could be a bit of both. If I'm being really honest, I have never experienced being extremely overweight. I've never experienced having you know acne and all that kind of stuff you know so that could be by the way
0: guys her skin is flawless shut up shut up i'll definitely put a picture out
1: of no No, but sometimes you've got to kind of take a step back and realize that part of who you are or your character is based on what you had nothing to do with right you know like sometimes i find it really odd when some people compliment me go you're so pretty i'm like i don't i'm not quite sure what you want me to say with that right i'm always like okay thank god thank my parents but i haven't done anything to look like this Okay. As a fashion designer, I find a lot of my colleagues or other fashion designers. It's all about they're 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 selling themselves, and I think that's one of the bits that I find really hard to do. Right. I right always right. my friends always say to me, if you're going to an event, make sure you're wearing gingham door. You'd think it's one on one, but I, I don't work like that. I don't, I don't right. think like that. So I, I'm just comfortable. I just like to just throw on anything. Like I don't really think twice though. When I said to my dad that I, you know, wanted to do fashion, he was like, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like Eddie Cardi <Cuddy> and Paris. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, he was like, it was more like, he was just like... How okay, old dude. were you at
0: this age? Um,
1: well, funny enough, because I did my A-levels in Kenya, in international school in Kenya, because okay. um, my dad's job, he's a diplomat, so we moved around a lot. Okay. And so that time we were in Kenya, and with my A-levels, I realised that art was something that I really enjoyed to do. Right. Um, not necessarily painting it was just more being creative so it, actually from the age of 10 from my first boarding international school that i went to which was in togo um it, it, it was a boarding school um British it's in
0: between school. ghana and nigeria yeah, by the way guys it's, kind of, it's, it's like beside and benin and yeah that.
1: exactly um but that was a really good experience but even from that age i was quite artistic in the sense of we used to do like little dances and I used to like to choreograph stuff. So I've always liked okay. to be part of, and I think in my heart, I've always felt like if I had the opportunity now in hindsight of taking dance as an actual career career, or just as part of school, like in American systems, they do that. In right. British systems, you don't get that much. Okay. You get a lot of sports, but dance is always kind of like secondary kind of thing. Mm. Um, I would have enjoyed to do something like that. So I'm, I'm quite a creative person. So I think when I got into my A-levels and I was really, Homing in an art, my art teacher. and I realized there was no fashion teaching per se in in the school, the but but we started it. I started it. Oh really? Yeah. So it was quite it was quite cool. We started like a modelling <laughs> cla- class. A class of one. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was a class of one. It was brilliant. Amazing. So um yeah, it, w- it was actually really good. So I did my a levels in in fashion, and um they they get um the British Council fashion can- the council to come down to Kenya to. Is it the... Yeah, they come to the British Council and loads of universities come to promote their universities, whether it's art or whatnot. Okay, I not Yeah, it's, they do it, I think, it's every year. Is it
0: something that's still going on?
1: To be honest, I haven't been there for... They're
0: years, like but, the British Council going yes. to... But I, I
1: think sorry. it's something that still goes on because that's how they sell the universities, you know, the boarding schools or international schools and all that kind of stuff. So they Great do thing. go and and you kind of go around and you meet some of the lecturers... And you get a grasp, of an idea, and sometimes you get scholarships just from doing that. Really? Yeah, so that's how I then got my place in Kayad, which is where I studied in Kent. So that stands for Kent Institute of Art and Design. Um, okay. I is it renowned?
0: Is it like one of yeah, the most prestigious? Yeah, because they've got,
1: they've got um, campuses, and they've got like a campus in Maidstone and Canterbury. Mine was in Rochester, so right. it was the fashion um, hub. Uh, hub uh, fashion. Really? campus. Okay. Um, but obviously you've got LCF and St. Yeah, LCF like and St. And for things. St. Martin's. Yeah. For me, being in the heart of London, I wouldn't have learned anything. Oh, you don't think so? Oh, no, no, I know, I know so. Oh, okay. <laughs> I get distracted Why? so easily. Oh, I see, yeah. got you. Yeah. The distraction. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I get distracted so easily. So being somewhere out of London, like in Kent, was just ideal for me. Okay. Um, so that's where I started. So what I... What was the
0: course? It uh, was
1: I, I did just a plain BA fashion design okay. course, um, but funny enough when I do get approached by young people who want to do fashion, when they do ask me what to do, I don't tend to recommend them to do a three-year BA course. Okay, why is that? Because it doesn't really mean anything.
0: Right, so the paper doesn't it really mean anything. It doesn't
1: mean anything, mean anything. P- from my personal yeah, experience no, and from all the experience from my peers and those that graduated with me, those that graduated with first. In fact, I think there's probably three people I know, from my whole uni, that are doing stuff still linked with it because it's a hard industry. Yeah. It's a hard industry, and just because you come out with the first really doesn't mean much. Yeah. Um,
0: just means you're good at knowing how to right, get. Right. Yeah. First.
1: Exactly. Um, for me, what I did after that was a natural progression. You kind of do an internship with. The company, right. the fashion label, or whatever I did with Granny Struck.
0: Granny Struck?
1: Gra- Granny Struck. Um, G H A R A N I, I believe. Okay, I'll, I'll put this on the show notes, um, guys. And amazing British um, fashion label. I'm not sure if they still.
0: Operating. if they're
1: still operating. Okay. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure of that, but um, very, very great experience to work with. They, they do a lot of draping. And So I so worked with them for a couple of months, Um, but then I just realised, uh, doing the whole internship thing and, and speaking to people who had been doing it, for, some people have been doing it for two years. For two years? An and internship? You don't, you don't really get paid for it. No way. <laughs> you don't get paid for it. You know, it's some, It depends. Every company's different. So how,
0: is that almost a class thing then, that those who can afford to do it for two years without having paid? Yeah, of course, paid? because...
1: Yeah. Some companies might pay for your lunch,
0: right. or some and companies might pay
1: for your travel, right. some might pay for both, um, but pay-pay you don't really get, yeah, you know, exactly. it's all about getting the experience, right. which I totally get, but I remember...
0: And um, you have to, out of interest, regarding internships, because you said you don't tell those who come yeah. to you who are younger and yeah. say, oh, how do I get into it? You say, not necessarily, for you anyway, yeah, I mean, to go I'd, for a degree, but right. go straight into an internship, Not experience. necessarily. Oh, what okay. I do
1: ask them to do is, there's another, because I went through UCAS. So UCAS ah. is the university system, yeah, so, yeah. If, if those who are not aware, for doing BA courses, BA Tech, and all that jazz. Um, after that, a year after that, I realised that I really didn't know how to patent cut properly, because with big universities, there are people that help you. Oh. I even have friends today that have just finished from St. Martin's or LCF, or whatever, and they're like, oh, God, I actually don't remember how to pattern cut. Because you've got a lot of technical help. Right. And so, you know, like, for instance, if you're doing, I don't know, BIA course and your final collection has to be eight pieces, you only have to make, well, at least before, you only had to make make two of those pieces. The rest you can pay someone to make it. Really? So it's sometimes it's, you can skim through the whole course and come at the other end of it and realise, oh, you actually don't...
0: Know the hands-on, No yeah. hands-on.
1: Or you know, and I mean it depends on your character. For me, it, it didn't even occur to me that I didn't know the hands-on and, and all that kind of stuff and, and my pattern cutting wasn't wasn't the best and I was like, Oh my gosh, I actually <laughs> didn't know where I was coming or going, you know. Yeah. But then I found courses, short courses, from Floodlight. I don't Floodlight. know if you've heard of Floodlight. No, I haven't. Um I'm sure they're still going on. And okay. they Once they,
0: again, guys, everything we do mention and yeah. I'm gonna put on a website. Flood,
1: yeah, take a look and see if they're still operating, but I'm sure they are. And Floodlight I don't even know who introduced me to floodlight, to be honest with you. I think I, 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 think I went to, because I've never lived in Ghana, but I needed a break. So I think I went to Ghana and I did an internship with a, a well-known fashion designer called Confianza. okay. He died a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. And he was my dad's friend and my dad managed to get me in there and I did, I did some work with him. And I think he's the one that told me, you know, what? you should go back and then you should, you should try floodlight, do like a short course, pattern cutting and all that kind of stuff. And... That's where I went to um, London Centre for Fashion Studies. London At the time Center it was yeah. Studies, okay. At the time it was based in Angel. It's still there because when I passed it, it's still there. But I think the name's changed, and I'm not sure if the whole course setup has, has changed. But it was brilliant. It's just a one-year course, right? And it it crams, but it's brilliant. It crams everything. So like you know, like for those who are aware of how it works, the the first term you're concentrating on skirts and blouses, so anything to do with skirts and blouses making, cutting, manipulating, you've got that. Then the second term, it's maybe tailoring. Right. So you... It, and I, I noticed a lot of the students were from... graduated from, like, universities. Oh, right. From LCF, from, from everywhere.
0: But can you get on that without having to... Yeah, you to can, get, you can get on it straight. Oh, okay. Yes,
1: yeah, because some, some people... they from all, all... Some people got in straight. Um, and for me, I learned the most there. Maybe, you know what, that's what I'm saying. That's just my experience, because it could have been that for me, I was just more mature to take in the information. Right. Because it's not saying that the BA courses don't give you the information, but I think you also have to be mature enough to realize that, okay, I need to grasp as much information as I can get, because when I get out, it depending on what you want to do, because most people have this fantasy of, I want to get out and I want to work for Chanel. Right. It, it does not work like that. No. It, it, I mean, it's it's... Out of a thousand students, you're talking about like one. There's just that one person that. And
0: if that, and that's normally the bosses. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's sometimes
1: it's a link. Sometimes it's being at the right place. You know, a lot of the time, if you're good at networking, that also comes in your favor as well. Like going to a lot of events and just talking to everyone and anyone, which I am awful at. Okay. And like I just never do. I just I just can't. Like, yeah, it just scares me to, like... <laughs> really? It <laughs> literally scares me. I can't take it. Oh. But if you have that... That's why my dad was like, you don't have that, you don't have that fire. You don't have... Because fashion is, is a cutthroat business. Yeah, it's, it is, right? It's very, you know... It's very, it's very hard. You, you really have to sell yourself at every opportunity you get. Right. Um, and that was one of the things... My dad wasn't saying that I wasn't talented, but he was just like, you don't have that character in you. You're too nice. In this kind of industry, and, and I found it to be true because I go to events and I will sit back, and it's only when someone I'm with goes, Oh, no, she decides as well, and then someone comes, Oh, so what do you do? and then I, I might start like slowly talking about it, right? And they'll see my stuff, like, Oh my god, it's really good, and then I'm like, Oh, okay,
0: <laughs> so uh, that's interesting. So, yeah. you're saying if you want to. Pursue the fashion route now. Obviously, there's several sort of oh, disciplines, so many different, yeah. right? But if you wanted to do what you are doing, which is obviously you're creating your own brand and you're creating your own seasons and your yeah. own yeah, or if you want I'm to working, work for another yeah. house,
1: networking is, is it's, key. It's
0: important. You've got to have yeah. that personality. personality is key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it is
1: key because you 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 don't have to be louder than life, but you you kind of have to stand out, oh. which is why. Some people take the standing out to be let me dress as crazy as possible because that in itself will get is, people drawn to it. It's like peacocking, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you've got you've got to be able to stand. that you've got to be able to be like, okay, you know what? Let me just go around and speak to people in the stream. What do you do? I'm a designer. I'd love to. You know, you've got to have that kind of thing about you. I don't. So I started making my own brand.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> of, yeah. So let's so, talk about that then. So what's what's the steps almost to starting? Your own brand. I mean, it's I mean it's, what was it's that? A, yeah, what was that? I guess catalyst and trigger for you to be like, forget it. I'm not gonna work for Chanel. Yeah, I, I mean, start I think. I think. Ginkham dolls.
1: Yeah, I, I think for me it was just, if I'm being honest, it was Please. partly a lack of confidence as well. Because okay. I just thought I am not that one percent or one out of a yeah. thousand who can get into Chanel. Like I never pushed myself that much. And when I tried the internship thing, it, it was it was fun. You know, there were aspects of it that were quite interesting, um, to say the least, but I just didn't see it taking me anywhere that I really felt like I wanted to go, so I started doing stuff on the side, so I would make stuff for friends, or and I was, I was blessed to be in the company of people that I knew who were on TV or, or that kind of stuff, so I'd make a few things for this person because they've got this event, or a few things for this person to blow up off, so I started doing that, but in doing that, when you start um, working for... Or when you start making stuff for certain celebs, they don't expect payment. They don't no. expect to have to pay you. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Because the whole deal is they're wearing your garments.
0: So they'll give you press but, for but one of those But then sometimes you don't
1: get that press, so you realize you've actually just worked for nothing. <laughs> and it's it's crazy. It's like it's it's one of those kind of things. And I just thought this is definitely not bringing me any money. Yeah. It's also not really exciting me because a lot of them have a preconceived idea of what they want that outfit to be so it's not like they're coming cheap so it's going. not
0: your brand they're almost right. commissioning you for free right yeah, yeah. so it's so, okay i'm quite curious artistically
1: then. i i didn't i mean i could have carried on with it but i think i started gingham dog because i wanted to be able to make stuff that was still keeping to the quality that i do make stuff in. i source all my fabrics in the uk okay. um, very few do i buy online um, and even if i do it's UK companies, right? Okay. Um, some every so often there's certain things you can't find here, and then I might find in an American company um, that I might try it. But 99% of the time, it is it is basic. I like to be able to feel what I'm buying. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I still get the best that I can get. I still try and give the best quality that I can uh, that I can give. But I think with Gingham Doll, it was more to do stuff a bit more ready to wear, affordable, and
0: affordable. more about what you want to do as opposed right, to. Right. And,
1: and more about so. yes.
0: Hey guys, before we return to the episode, I just wanted to say I appreciate you listening. And if you'd like to get involved, then please visit www.blackticulate.com for more information. Now let's get back to the episode. Tell me the story then about your first, I guess, ever paid gig, which was, I guess, uh... from a psychological perspective, that then make you feel, I, I think, and please correct me if I'm yeah. wrong... Where it's like, yeah, I am a professional. Yeah, this is my brand. Yeah, this is
1: I don't think I ever felt You still I mean I mean na- now 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 doing Gingham Doll, um when I when I started with Gingham Doll, the first thing that I did was start a shop on Etsy.
0: Okay. Etsy.
1: Um, Etsy, E. T. S. Y. Yeah. It's brilliant if you're creative and you've got things it's I always describe it as the American version of ASOS.
0: The American version of ASOS. Right. right. Okay. But then they
1: give you a bit more flexibility if you're posting stuff. Mm. Um it can it still looked. I think I I tried the ASOS marketplace and it didn't work for me. Right. Okay. Um, it was a bit too pricey. They I find. So as far they, as
0: how much they get off your commissioners well, or there,
1: there is the commission as well. But there's a just there's just a lot of like back and forth of them. You know, like they agree on a picture and then they will say, oh no no no, the picture is too is too worked on. They want it to really? be more street image. Oh no no, that's too professional. It was just this whole back and forth, and it was just it's just really odd. And also they do take quite a hefty amount, I, I felt, personally. But I also felt that when you're at ASOS Marketplace, I think when it first started, it was about boutiques, and then there was another link that you could click for vintage stuff. But right. now it's all just mixed in one. So you never, unless you go in there and search Gingham Doll, I won't just pop up.
0: Right, gotcha.
1: And so I was just hidden. It was, just, it was to me, just absolutely pointless. Unless you've got like a thousands of clothes on there, then somehow you come up. but i just found i was just lost in the system because there's so many people posting mm. whether it's their second-hand stuff it was all on the same platform or brand new stuff that they're trying to sell or designers like myself um i, I just didn't find that it was working for me but with etsy it, i just find it so much easier that's just my personal experience and to be honest i haven't um, etsy
0: over like another marketplace like ebay
1: on ebay i find there's tons of companies from China, though, so I wouldn't. And also, for me personally, my experience with eBay is I go to look for bargains. Gingamdor is a brand on its own, it's so a
0: premium, I, right? It's, so, I is that where you position yourself? Well, you yes,
1: I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put myself on eBay and try and compete with people trying to sell two rushes for 15 pounds. No. I get fabric, I get you know the best deal I can get sometimes, you know, like 15 pounds for a meter for a fabric. So, that already is just the cost of my fabric. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it? it's, yeah, yeah. it's a totally different platform, and I, I wouldn't. On a personal note, put Gingham Doll. Maybe if I was doing sales, if I was like trying to get rid of Claire stock. stock, right. I, w- I would think Possibly of eBay. But that's eBay. my experience with eBay because I used to be really addicted to eBay mm-hmm. in terms of shopping on there. Right. So I used to go for the bargain. So I can't see myself putting things.
0: No, I get that. I get it. So instead, you went for Etsy. And so this I went is, for Etsy. is this where your first sale
1: came yeah, from? Yeah, I, I think, yeah. Um,
0: what? So you already had a collection. Is that correct, No, or? no, I,
1: I didn't. So with Etsy, I just started making. I had, I had ideas. I knew exactly what I wanted and I wanted to find like prints and I thought I spoke to a friend of mine who does marketing and he's like, "Look, what you need to do is you need to go right back because everything I was I was designing was quite elaborate and in terms of how long it takes to make it was quite long in terms of the cost that it should it should cost someone was quite high as well." And he's like, "No, you need to start doing like basic stuff. Yeah. Get known for doing something really 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 simple." Right. Um so I started with body contresses. Okay. Because once I'd done the template and the, and and the pattern for it, then the same pattern, as long as the fabric had the same properties, it would work. It would work, and and it was it was also easier in terms of sizes. So like. Yeah To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: loss. Is that a latex. almost well, looks it's like just, latex. Well, Bodycon
1: body conscious basically means figure-hugging. Right. And like a stretch. Dress. body con. Body, body con. So body-conscious. Okay. For, ah, I never but know. yeah, so body, body con, it just means it's, it's just nice and, and it's tight and it tends to be like a jersey fabric or stretch. Some yeah. sort of um, like jeggings. Yeah, some form of stretch fabric. So that is easy when you're just trying to just get numbers out there. Right. So I started with that. And, and is there on,
0: specific, like, patterns for that? Or is it almost standardised?
1: Um, I, I just make cons. my own patterns. Okay. Um, I'm sure you can buy patterns. Yeah. I'm sure you can. Um,
0: Sorry, I'm jumping in. I'm actually no, no, excited. No, I'm really cool. excited. I'm cool. excited. I'm really no, excited. No, no, that's cool.
1: No, no, I'm sure you can, buy your own, you can buy patterns. I'm sure there are. But I, I, I make my own patterns. So it took me especially not knowing how to work with um, stretch fabrics for a while. So it took me a while to get used to it and, and blah, blah, blah. But once I got it, that's kind of what I started with. And then I got approached by um, a girl called Alexander Houston, who is now quite a good friend of mine. Um, she started um, the movement Wasted Chic.
0: Wasted Chic?
1: Yeah. Oh. So she started these pop-up events. So she found you? On Etsy. On Etsy. And was like, oh, I'm doing this pop-up event in Shoreditch and it would be really good if you could come take part. And I was like well, that sounds lovely, but I don't actually have a collection. At that time, I think I had, I, I, I made, like, one of everything, and I probably had maybe ten things in there, you know? that. Right. And I was like, this is, like, one of my jobs. Like, I, I don't do this all the time, and I, I don't have a full collection. When is it? And I think it was, like, a, it was less than two months. I think, yeah, almost a month and a bit. And I was like... Okay, I'm going to do it. Amazing. So in a month, I managed to make 40 pieces. 40. Like, I I did not sleep. I did not sleep. Because if you're doing something like a pop-up shop, you've got to make small, medium, large. Yeah, the size
0: range. Right.
1: So, So, you know, I'm always grateful for her because that kind of got me out there instead of in my own little bubble. And, you know, getting out to doing these pop-up events is when I started actually meeting my customers, which is different from just doing it and then... Someone buying it online and giving give you really good feedback, but you still don't get that kind of personal touch. So yeah. it was quite nice to to do that, and it was it was brilliant. It was I mean, uh,
0: are there like are there places where I guess my from my listeners' perspective that they can type on maybe Google or something to see how they can get involved in pop up events similar?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think pop up events are quite hard to get awareness of before they happen. Right. thank okay. you. Um, Etsy was a good platform, because I have been contacted through Etsy for different things, oh, whether it's for a photo shoot, or if someone's doing a blog, or that kind of stuff. I think a lot of people, because Etsy, you get a lot of fresh new designers, that so they go on there just to kind of like check it out, check it yeah. out and contact people that way. Okay. But um, I mean, Wasted Chic is, is a really good one, you know, if you're trying to get out there in terms of a pop-up shop, and just get your stuff out there for people. It's oh. quite good when it's... it's um, She does it in uh, McQueen's and Shoreditch. But it's, it's actually such a nice environment because it's in a bar. It's not like in a marketplace when you're indoors. It's quite cool. And it's just... There's about 30 designers or 30 different stalls.
0: And is it the people who attend there, are they like wholesalers and buyers or no, are they actual customers?
1: Customers. Oh, interesting. Actual customers. But it's up to you as a designer if you're going to... Um, sell stuff there is up to you to push and promote as much as possible mm. um, and not count on people just turning up because they will turn up because it's not it's not on a high street yeah, it's you off know? To be in track. right it's not to be in track and it's something that happens once every like three months right so you as the person who's trying to sell stuff you have to promote okay. you have to promote whether it's to if you know any bloggers and say oh, I'd love to invite you to this and and that's the problem a lot of people just don't want to do that work right when it comes to you know, it would be all one really good. Me just sitting here, just making my stuff, and blah blah blah. But a lot of people don't, because that it takes a lot of time, just to sit there, posting stuff on Instagram, trying to post stuff on Twitter, trying to invite people. Because you know, out of a hundred people you invite, ten might show up. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of work, and yeah, it true. does take a lot of time. But it's 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 worth it if you do it properly. It's rewarding. So it is rewarding.
0: So, I mean, I've sort of got your, I guess, your journey, which is great. And, guys, I think you can agree with me to understand why I've got a bad to, to be <laughs> articulate, because she's phenomenal. She's amazing. Thank you. And I say that to all my guests, because all my guests are. <laughs> so, I see that. You you were quite um, academic insofar as your, your profession, fashion. You really did study. It. You even did this sort of intensive one-year course, yeah. right? yeah. And then from that, when you decided, or you believed... For want of a better word, you're yes. almost confident to go into these big bastions of the fashion right, industry. Yeah. You thought, okay, I'll start my own. I'll start my own. Right? And just. And then the first thing you did then was, okay, let's strip it down and try and ensure I get the, I guess, the minimum viable product. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. That
0: one piece, which, you know, regardless of the fabric, so long as it sort of does itself. Yeah. That pattern can go yeah. for seasons, to seasons. And That's then you put of,
1: that. I thought, let me just go back and do that. Because before then, I had actually started a brand before Gingham Doll. Okay. Called Oshay Couture.
0: Oshie. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: no, because it's funny because um, that's my nickname from. I mean, we're not Nigerian, but that that's my nickname. Yeah. Like my dad, my brother calls me Osh, okay. and my brother calls, and uh, my dad calls me Oshay. So it's like, <laughs> right. it's like a nickname from like years on. So
0: that's interesting should, in itself as well because in a similar way, like with Black Tickle, let's not be around the bush. Yeah. People know the audience and, right, and the niche, yeah. right? Yeah. So if you were to have a brand called Oshay, yeah, you already. So, Pigeonhole in yourself. Myself,
1: yeah. And that I wanted it to, to reflect my family, um, but my last name is a bit long, and I just thought that doesn't have that kind of catch to it, zing, zing to it. So P- yeah, I, d- I did, with O'Shea Couture, it was more beading and hand beading and wow, wow. and um, using silks. And it was, it was a lot of fun, but that's when I realized, okay, you know what? The prices that you charge for stuff like that, not the average joke cannot afford it, which is why I pulled back and and did and did Gingham Doll.
0: Now, with Gingham Doll, the brand and the name in itself, where did that come from?
1: Right. So my whole, from as early as I can remember, my idea of a sexy woman has always been one with a bit bit of meat on her. Right. And I guess maybe that stems from an African background. It's kind of what you see and it's what's attractive. The whole androgynous look never really worked for me. I never really got it. Right, yeah. (laughs) Um... So, I think that's always been, and you know, when I was young, I was just up and down like a rake. I was like, (laughs) a toothpick. (laughs) So, I I remember I used to be really self conscious. I was like, where are my (laughs) hips? You know, where's the meat? You know, (laughs) damn it. Um, So, I think just at the back of my mind, I've always loved the 50s. I've always loved Marilyn Monroe. And what I take from her is she wasn't a small woman. But for me, she was the first time being curvy and sexy was almost acceptable. Mm. Because you had so many different trends before and after her, you know, but I, I, I think I've always loved the ethos behind the 50s, right? right? The, the feeling, the mood, um, the sexiness about the glamour of the 50s. Now, Gingham is, do you know what Gingham fabric is?
0: So, um, it's isn't it like the picnic stuff? Yes, it's yeah. it's
1: almost like what even even like back home like for school uniforms and stuff yeah. like checked green and white yeah, or yeah, pink yeah. and white. But also, if you look at pinup dolls, it's what they used to use for the pinup dolls. So I took the name gingham from the fabric that I that I related I to use, the pinup yeah. dolls, and obviously dolls coming from the pinup dolls and as being dolls and yeah. yeah.
0: But dolls in itself is quite a 50 yeah lexicon. Yeah, slang. so
1: I I just kind of like. Okay,
0: no, I see that. I see
1: That's that. That's where the name comes from.
0: So yeah, I mean, it sounds like God. I mean, any resources, any uh, sort of to check out to. Do?
1: Yeah, because one thing I would say, because being in the fashion industry, you will find, and don't be shocked by this, people are not that willing to give you insights or not necessarily help, okay. but their sources of where they get their stuff. Right. I remember I I helped a friend who was a stylist for I think it was Vogue. And we were help. We were- I was just in the background, just doing nothing. And she was styling this model ready to go on. And the outfit the model was wearing had these like buttons, really simple, like vintage buttons. And my friend B was like, "Oh, those buttons are really nice." And she said to the designer, "Oh, where are these buttons from?" She's like, oh, "I can't tell you." Really? Yeah, I kid you not. But that, in a nutshell, it's is really the fashion crazy. industry. Oh God. I'm sorry to say that is it. If you find there are amazing people out there who are willing to share their expertise and whatever, but. If you go with that mentality, then you'll never be disappointed and you'll never be th- disheartened because it is, it is a cutthroat, cutthroat industry. Mm. You have to, you're too scared to kind of give out, oh, I've got this. I, I tell people all the time, my favorite place is Crescent Trading. Crescent Trading? Yeah, Crescent Trading, um, run by two most amazing, um, <laughs> uh, Philip and, and Martin, um, Jewish men in um, Brick Lane. Um, they're, they're so cool because Brick Lane back in the days used to be full of like factories and fabric shops and right. warehouses and that kind of stuff, and now it's obviously just all Indian restaurants. Indian and, restaurants yeah, for sure. and because the way it is now, it's cheaper to get stuff made in China and elsewhere, and you know, as it is. So, but they're the only ones, as far as I am aware, on Brick Lane that's still there. Still um, it's on Quaker Street, okay, Quaker Street. Um, and, and they're fabulous, they're really good with students. They sponsored my first. Um, brand Osho Couture. So the first um, catwalk show I did and I went to them I was like, oh, this is what I want to do and they were like, yep, just take whatever you need. And you can go and you can get, the the good thing about that um, store is it's it's, it's like a warehouse, it's not a store, it's a warehouse. So um, you get massive designers going in, you get students going, they're very good with students. Um, So if you go in and, for instance, if you go to the West End like Berwick Street, which is well-known for fabrics, silk or even better, wool would be 40, 50 pounds a meter. If you go to Quaker Street, you can get that same exact wool mix, whatever it is, for like 12 pounds or 10 pounds or or 20 pounds a meter. Like, it's it's that much cheaper. But because it's a warehouse, I think what they do is they get um, remnants and leftover stock from a lot of the mills so you can't go there and ask. If you go, then this this. It might run out, so you need to just kind of get what, what, you, what get. you can get. Yeah. But it's it's worth going. Okay. It is. I'm I'm always pushing people there. It is absolutely worth going. Oh, Crescent Trading. Well, you hear that, guys? You see, yeah, you've got to go. You've got to uh, go.
0: Fashion people that won't tell her secrets. No, <laughs>
1: yeah. art is an expression. No one's right and no one's wrong. It's like, yeah. it's it's really just not that sharing, big a sharing, deal, is it? Yeah. <laughs> With but yeah, Crescent Trading—you've got to check it out. They're brilliant. Oh, brilliant. They're fabulous.
0: So challenges, like you know, in starting up, what was the what was the things that you've learned? Tell my audience, my listeners.
1: Challenges, money.
0: Okay, so finances.
1: Finance. Um, I'm not. Is it
0: because of fabric or what? What does money play? Why is well, money important? Well,
1: fa- yeah, fabric is is key. I mean, bear in mind, I don't do anything with factories. Um, I don't. I don't. Um. I don't have people making stuff for me, you know, in, in factories or in studios or, or whatnot. So everything I do is hands-on. Yeah. So it becomes a bit more pricier. Right. But fabric is, for me, it is key. And, and also just having that business mind of, you know, if you're going to buy this amount of fabric, make sure you know, you're know you going to make this money back. I don't have that.
0: Right. The return. I,
1: I, I'm just an artist. I kind of just get into the fabric store and I'm like, oh, my God, I love this fabric. I'm going to die. Nice, no, that's what way too, and it's not the best way to do it. I wouldn't say follow my lead at all. Right. If you have any bit bit of business, what was it acumen? acumen? Acumen, that's the one. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I make up my own words. So I have, sometimes I have to make sure it's not a word that <laughs> I make. Oh, I, I do trust me. I just make up words because I just I just think it sounds good. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, if 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 you've got um, some business acumen, mm-hmm. right? Got it right. Um, Nailed it. Then you you're on the right track i on the other hand, don't.
0: So what business acumen do they need?
1: Just the simples of demand and supply, right. right? So, you know, I go into the fabric store and because I've started doing a lot of stuff with like pop-up shops or events where you've got to take a whole lot of pieces, I tend to go in and I can never just buy a meter or two meters of something. I've got to think long term. Right, okay. So that's money. So I I go in there, and even if I manage to get the fabric, if it's like a nice, um, like a felt, a wool or a wool mix, and I manage to get it to from twenty five pounds a meter to eighteen pounds a meter, um, I I still have to buy at least ten meters of it Wow. because there's a the whole thing of it might not be there when you need more stock. When you want more. So I I think I'm I'm not doing it the right way. What I should have done, you know, in hindsight, was probably just get enough. For my sample, Um, so I I would advise don't go crazy in the fabric stores. If you're doing, even if it's for a pop-up shop, what I should have done um, for a pop-up shop is do my designs, but just do one each style and then say order on request kind of thing. But I guess you just kind of want the money there, and then you want people to be able to try in different sizes. So I was trying to provide everything that somebody who's got better means and connections than I should have done. Like I, I shouldn't, I don't think I should have done it that way. The way I would advise someone is just be aware that... I, I call it like fabric porn. I, I, I get in <laughs> the fabric stores and I just don't think of anything else. I'm just thinking of, oh my God, I can make this with it, I am make that with it. But you've got to hold the purse strings quite tight. You've, you've got to be quite clever with what you're doing. Okay. And you know step back a bit and, and budget what you think you can spend on that piece. And if it means just doing one as a sample and taking pictures and then getting a bit of momentum from that, that's probably the best way to do it. Okay. Um, but everyone, like you said, has their own
0: their the own yeah, path, their own right. path.
1: Right. I mean like I wouldn't say do not do a three year course because that's sometimes that grounding and just university life it's it's great. You know, it's a good experience but I just don't think it's the it's the be all and of everything. Like for instance, if I need to refresh myself and anything I do, I just go on YouTube. There's so many tutorials. Yeah, there are. No, yeah. there's so many tutorials. Right. So if you do like a short course, Um, Whether it's from floodlight or wherever you get it, you can you can still pick up other stuff on YouTube. So in this day and age, finance is is really hard. So not everyone can afford to spend do a course, do a a three year course, you know, at at uni. So sometimes just being a bit clever, go on YouTube. There's so many professionals on YouTube that are offering free videos. It's incredible. Mm. To anything, even I teach myself to do Photoshop because I can afford someone else to Photoshop my pictures or whatever. Mm. So once again, YouTube tutorials, you sit there, you've got your Adobe, you've downloaded it, and you're just doing it step by step. Yeah. You've just got to be focused on whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah. Um, but it's hard. It's it's not something that is going to happen overnight.
0: So the question now i have also going to ask about the challenges you face. Okay, so we know it's finance, money, right? And yeah. just being really quite... Um, I mean, I guess
1: unless you get an investment or whatever,
0: but... Unless you get that, yeah. if you wanted to go down that path. Yeah. But also, you've been... Not a unicorn necessarily, and I say unicorn because yeah. you're a black female,
1: right? And which right. I, I never really think of, but that is a very, very important. It's very important and part of this whole thing because I have been told, and you know, by other colleagues, oh my god, you know, if you were blah blah, you could have been there. But I, I don't like to think like that because mm. I feel like I'm limiting myself even before I've started.
0: 100. You know what you. I'm
1: saying? I so I I never really think, oh, I'm a black female. And if I wasn't, I could get. I think a lot of it stems with me. If I, I think if I was hungrier or if I was a bit more feisty, uh, you know, the, the industry is is it's quite a it's quite a tough industry. You you've got to be able to, you just got to be able to sell yourself at every turn. Right. You know, at every turn, you know, make sure you're visible all the time. Go to all these like events, pop up things, have business cards. When you kind of have to be fearless. Yeah. And I, I think if I'm being 100% honest, it hasn't been because I'm a black female. I'm sure that has had a massive part to play in it. But it's because I, a lot of times, I haven't been as fearless as I should be. You know, there's Even a lot a of times. have limited yourself. Right, I've limited myself. I, I know I do. You know, there's a lot of times in my head. I've been saying this for a year. I really want to get like a little bit in top shop just to be able to put. Some, and I know my stuff would do amazing in there. And I keep saying, oh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and figure out how to get there. And I still never have. I think it's just the fear of. <laughs> trying to do that
0: okay i'm gonna pause you for a second anyone who's listening who can get babs into (laughs) top Shop, i'm obviously going to put how we can reach her she's obviously going to put that at the end as we do with all my guests but that's something to note so that's one of the goals yeah i need to stop
1: stopping myself if i'm honest that's my character i i do i do yeah i i do stop myself um you know, there's loads of times I'm like, I should do this. It's like, should have could have would have It just doesn't really, yeah.
0: you know. Okay, so you are on the road to success for sure. How long has been, Gingham Doll's been? Operating? Uh, Gingham
1: Doll, I started in 2012.
0: 2012, Yeah, Amazing. I started in 2012. So, so. four years running.
1: Yeah, God, it's, been, it's been four years. Yeah. Good God, I can't even
0: count, yes. Let's less, uh, less round up. I'm going to again throw it back to you insofar as advising my listeners to sort of start off in the footsteps that you have. Because you're four years deep.
1: Yeah. I, I you th- do have
0: a lot of learnings. And like I said, we're definitely going to get you back. Um,
1: no, for sure. I, th- I think the main thing with anything you do, whether it's fashion or dance, or it doesn't even have to be, have to be art, but you're going to get times where you feel like, oh, that's not working for you. And just don't be scared to just change it up and try something else. When you go into, you know, when you're young and you're like, I want to be a fashion designer, your first thing that you think of is, I want to work for a big house. But there's so many other facets to fashion, you know. Don't limit yourself to. I want to be the next world's biggest designer. I'm. I'm saying. I'm not. And I'm not saying. Don't try and do that as well. But you also have to be realistic with yourself and just don't limit. Don't pigeonhole yourself into one bit because there's a lot of people who wanted to get into fashion but then started doing styling instead.
0: Right.
1: Because you're still in the industry. You're still meeting people. You're still networking, and then from building. Well, nowadays with instagram followers or whatever kind of followers then they've started doing their brand There's, it's never too late to be a designer it's also never too late to go to uni if you're in your 40s and you have decided you know what I'll, I'll give this a shot it's never too late to do that as well so i think my, my main thing for people um well if you want to do fashion is one it, it is tough so i'm not gonna glamorize it and i'm not gonna romanticize it for you there are aspects of that but it's a lot of hard work. Mm. And if it's something that's passionate for you in terms of art, even if it's something that you do on the side like I do, um, I wish I could do this all the time, but I, I really don't get a chance to do this as often as I should. Anyway, mm. because by the time I'm done with everything else, I'm knackered. And then I wouldn't lie, there are some times where I lose motivation. Like I will not touch a sewing machine for like months. Oh, really? Yeah, like um, I think after the Christmas period, I just got in a bit of a lull and I just... I just did, I could not re-motivate myself, um, and in the beginning, I was really kind of like, it was affecting me, and then I thought, no, 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 I'm just going to go with the flow, don't, you know, don't get overworked with, everyone's got their own path, Yeah. and you've just sometimes got to take a deep breath and just step back, you know, i have always, I'm always going to have the, the passion for fashion, but sometimes, I, I think for me, I felt like I wasn't going the right direction, I was like, okay, I'm working really, really hard, but I haven't really tackled the marketing side of it. So I'm okay. making all these pieces. No one can see them. Right. After a while, you just get a bit tired. You're like, I'm not quite sure which way to take it. So I kind of stepped a bit back. But I've got my mojo back, as I like to call it. Right. And it comes and it goes, and it comes and it goes. And it's it's, it's part of art. Yeah. Every artist kind of goes through it.
0: So how can we, A, I want two questions for this. So how can we get in touch? But Before you tell us how we can get in touch, can you tell us what is next? gingham dolls and how my listeners can help you achieve that next and how we can get in touch
1: okay so to get in touch at the moment my website is still being
0: under construction under
1: construction I'm, I'm really praying like in a month um to get it up and running mainly just to get the stuff on the shop you know it's all about doing photo shoots and finding time to do this and that so that's that's my main focus that i'm trying to do i've also um but i'm on facebook some on Facebook. So if you got if you put gingham doll, so it's doll not dolls.
0: So g i n g
1: h a m. Space then d o double Okay. Gingham doll on Facebook. Facebook page. If you like it, then every time I post something, it it just keeps you wherever. When the website comes up, that's where I will I will post that it's it's live. Right. Instagram. I do a lot of stuff on Instagram as well. I do post a lot of images on, on my Instagram page. Same. Um, and it's gingham underscore doll.
0: Underscore doll. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um. So I'm on there as well. So
0: Twitter?
1: I am on Twitter, gingham__doll. If I'm being 100% on it, I don't go on it as much. I tend to I tend to be on Instagram and on Facebook as much because it's just me doing it. Right. If I had a team of people helping me, I could get someone to help me do this. Not that much time in the day. So I've kind of just honed in on two areas that I think, you know what? Images is what people like to see. Let me just start putting that on. So I'm on those two sites. My website as well is babs at babs.ginghamdoll.com. So that's fairly simple.
0: So, how are you spell it?
1: B-A-B-S mm-hmm. at ginghamdoll.com.
0: Okay, so your email.
1: That's my email. And the second question, where I'm, my next step is, what I'm working on at the moment is, um, there's an event called Pop-Up Africa. Pop-Up Africa. And that's going to be held in Spitterfield on the 30th of May.
0: Um, I can only say thank you very much. No, bless it's, us it's with your so voice. bad
1: because I didn't see your message.
0: Yeah.
1: Till I don't even know, because... I didn't even get that message. It was odd. I just happened to, and I was like, "What? What did he say there?" I was like, "Oh." oh. It's all good. Yeah. So no, I appreciate um, this. This is stuff like this just keeps me going. So I'm like, yeah. "Okay, cool. I can, I can, I can do this." Because you, if you work alone, you you kind of need this. You you need the reassurance that you're doing something right, or you, you kind of every stuff need to meet up with peers. Even if you don't do fashion, you're still creative. It's it's quite good to get, you know, opinions yeah. or. Or, or be able to speak about what you enjoy. Yeah, for sure. you know, you don't you don't get that opportunity to do that on a day to day basis, for and sure. I appreciate it. Thank nice. you
0: so much. So once again, thanks for having. Well, thanks for blessing your voice on Black Ticklate, and guys, do stay tuned for another episode. I want to personally thank our sound editor Chris Reese, and I'd like to thank you guys for listening. For more episodes and how you can get involved please visit www.lacticulate.com and also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. This has been another episode of Lacticulate, Lack Stories, Positive Actions. Thank you. Hold up.